0: Welcome to the Grace Avenue Church podcast, where we believe that the grace of God is yours to live. It is our prayer that this message will help you experience God's freedom, live your potential, and make the impact you were created for. Now here's the message. Hey, we're going to talk about joy today. Uh, This word is in my heart, joy, the joy of the Lord. Scripture says the joy of the Lord is my strength. Um, This is a season of joy. Go outside, go to a store, go to Starbucks, go to a coffee shop, go to people's houses. There's reminders of joy everywhere. Because for Christians, the Christmas season is all about joy. It's the birth of Jesus, the birth of our Savior, the prophesied Savior that would come, the Messiah that would come. Now, we celebrate him at this time, but the reality is joy is easy to see when it's out there with wreaths and trees and holiday cups And holiday drinks. How many of you are all about the holiday coffees every time they come around? I'm all about it. Extra weight. Why not? Extra weight for the holidays to to tap on, you know, add on to the tamales and, uh, and all the good stuff. But joy is easy to see when we've got visual reminders, when we've got tangible reminders. There'll be, you know, garland and lights and wreaths and Blow-ups in people's yards and decorations. So for the next few weeks, it's going to be easy to be reminded of joy. It's going to be easy to just go outside and catch the vibe of what Christians are celebrating. It's going to be easy to kind of catch the spirit of what's going on around our, our nation in this season of Christmas. and It's a spirit of joy. We can see it. We can feel it. Walk in somewhere, there's going to be Christmas music playing. We're going to have an easy time, tangibly catching the spirit of joy over the next few weeks. And then January 1st comes. And all the decorations come down. And all the wrapping paper gets put up. And everybody starts throwing out their back and pulling muscles, trying to put decorations back up into the attic or back up on a shelf. And focus comes, and a new year comes, and people get back into the groove and the grind and the vision and the focus for the year to come. Now, now, how many of you, if, if you're honest, have been saying, 2020, I wish you would go away. In 2021, I'm so ready for you. <laughs> I think all of us, to some degree, we're, in many ways, we're just trying to close the door to this year. Like, when is it going to be over? Could it be over sooner than later? And I think that's a fair... I think that's a fair thing to feel right now. But my concern is that our joy could possibly be connected to something that Jesus said was just as unstable as 2020. Because the truth is, I I don't know what 2021 brings. Neither do you. But God knows Who he's going to be in 2021 in our life. He knows the stability that he brings and that he's going to bring into our life. And when joy comes once a year, it's easy to kind of catch it. But then you notice how at the beginning of every year, everybody gets on the same track, they want to leave the last year behind. And as as a pastor, one of the things that I I consistently hear from from people over the years is they want a stronger relationship with God. They want a better prayer life. They want to be more in the Word. They want to be more more committed to giving and tithing and serving. They they just want to do all the God things, the church things, the the life in Jesus things, the, the Holy Spirit things, all the things that Jesus is about. They want that. But somehow they lost it. From January to the next January. And one of the things I think many people have lost in this season in 2020 is their joy. Because happiness comes and goes. You know, somebody forgets to put the salsa in the bag with your tacos, your happiness goes. Amen? It's like the day's ruined. Forget it. Why live? Why? Why? What is life? Who is God? Is there a God? But Jesus talked about a joy that was stable and that remains. In John chapter 15, he's he's speaking to his disciples. In verse 11, he says, I've spoken these things to you so that my joy may be in you. Come on, Jesus is speaking some of the most important words that we can ever hear on this side of eternity. Look what he says I've spoken these things to you. What are these things? All the things Jesus says. I've spoken these things to you so that my joy may be in you. And then secondly, so your joy will be complete. See, the joy of Jesus Christ in our life doesn't come and go, or isn't supposed to come and go, like the holiday cups every season, like the holiday drinks. The joy in our life in Jesus isn't supposed to be grounded and founded in whether or not the salsa was in the bag with the tacos, whether or not they put milk in the coffee, whether or not we got the job or didn't get the job. Our our joy, there's supposed to be something that can't be shaken out of us because Jesus actually said, I want that joy to be in you because of how unstable this world is. And then in fact, I want that joy in you to be complete. He wants that finished work in you and I to be stable, to be solid, to be secure. And if I could just be honest with you, in 2020, it's been tough. It's been so tough, but here's what I know. I've not lost my joy. As God is my witness, there have been times I'm not happy. There have been times I'm sad. There have been times I've been angry. There have been times I've been confused. There have been times I've not, I thought, this isn't right. This isn't fair. What's going on? All the stuff. People losing jobs and just how do you help people when things are so unstable? There's been a lot of times I've not been happy. I've not lost my joy. I've not lost my joy. I've spoken these things to you. Jesus is speaking to you. I've spoken these things to you so that my joy may be in you and your joy may be complete. You know, one of the things that I've learned pastoring people over the years is that difficulties show up on everybody's doorstep. Doesn't matter what side of town you're from, what your level of education is, how much money you've got in the bank, what your dreams are, how successful you are. Difficulties. Adversity shows up on everyone's doorstep. But there's something that God establishes in us as his people that helps us overcome those adversities, overcome those difficulties. Psalm 34 says, Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. I want you to think about that. Many are the afflictions. Something coming against you. Many are the afflictions of the righteous. But the Lord delivers the righteous. Those who cling to him, those who know him, those who love him, those that are purposed in him. The Lord delivers him out of them all, which means our God is a deliverer, which means we can have joy when we're facing adversity, dealing with affliction because we have a deliverer. Some people, when affliction hits them, they're, they're, they're gone, they're done. If you're into gardening, you see how a freeze comes through and it frees certain plants and it'll freeze some, and some will be just fine. Others, they'll just waste away. It's the same with people. It's the same with many people. The freeze of life comes. The heat of life comes. That affliction, it afflicts that that plant. It's either too hot or too cold, and it just, people can't handle it. Jesus says to us that there's a joy in us that keeps us in the middle of the affliction. He's our deliverer in and through it all. How do we keep our joy? Like Jesus, when he's saying this to his disciples in John fifteen, he's not on the beach in Cabo si- sipping a pina colada and saying, "You know what? I-, I got a good philosophy of life." You know what? I want joy to always be. like this is not some random philosophical thought that came while he's just relaxing. Jesus is about to go to the cross. He's sitting with his disciples. He knows people are going to fail him. He knows people are lying to him. He knows he's been attacked. He knows he's in a place of internal affliction and external affliction. And here he's saying, there's a joy that you can have that transcends all of that. And there's a joy that I want to put in you that's complete. And he's saying this while he's going through his own affliction his own time of unhappiness his own time of attack and disappointment and pressure and challenge and the unknown and the uncertainty that's when jesus is saying this it's easy to have have joy when you got the holiday cup in your hand and that horrible Macari, horrible mariah carey song comes on every christmas horrible i'm so tired of that song you love it don't you i hate it i literally hate it I, I, I'm so tired of it. Like, I don't ever want, if I never hear it again, and if, they, if y'all play it in here after service, you're fired. Nobody better play that song. Michael Buble, All Day, or Frank Sinatra. But Mariah, that song's got to go. Give me another song. It's easy to feel the vibe when... The song comes on and and, and the bells are, are jingling and and we can tap into oh, okay there's there's something in the atmosphere but here's something Jesus wants you to be that atmosphere for people and he wants that atmosphere to be in you. It's like when that horrible song comes on, and everybody's like, Oh, it's Christmas time. I'm sorry if that's your favorite song. I don't mean to offend you. I really I don't we don't need any Google reviews. I'm sorry, Daniel, I'm sorry. Fences will come. Jesus said that too. So It's easy to feel the vibe in the atmosphere when, when the music's on. But here's the thing. Jesus wants to put a joy like that in you. Can you grab hold of that this morning? That Jesus wants something to be so deeply settled in you. That it stabilizes you and it stabilizes people around you. See, there's a different lens you have to see through to get there. It's not the lens of happiness. It's not the lens of being satisfied. It's not the lens of having everything go your way. It's not the, the lens of having a good year financially or a bad year. It's not It's not the lens of... I mean, I, I can't tell you how many weddings I know that were canceled this year or, or rearranged or surgeries. It's just, just stuff. Like, people have been shaken. And a lot of people, when they're shaken, they... They don't know who they are. I saw pastors who didn't know who they were when they didn't have a stage and a microphone and people in front of them. I saw churches shaking when they didn't know how to gather people. They didn't have any structures to, to minister to people outside of just what's going on here. And so the people didn't know that part of their responsibility of being part of a church is to be connected to one another, not to just show up to a building. And so when the doors closed, the people were lost, the pastors were lost, the churches were lost. Jesus said, We're the body, we're connected. There's only so long you can isolate in a seat and not connect before it takes its toll on you. And ultimately, it takes its toll on the church. Because people become spectators instead of participators. They remain spectators instead of generators. Joy will cause you to go to another level. You like, okay, well, that's, that's, that's nice, Daniel. I get it. But like, <laughs> How? How do we get there? How, how do we do that? Like, look, look what don't you see what's going on in the world? Don't you see what's going on in politics? Don't you see what's happened this year? I do. I do. I, and I do see that 3 billion people on, on another side of the planet suffer in extreme poverty. Making like a dollar a day. 3 billion people. Jesus said the poor will always be among you. That was 2,000 years ago. The poor... It, Poverty has not been eradicated. There's still poverty. And yet some of the poorest people I meet from third world countries and in situations like that have immeasurable joy. That's just so hard for us to fathom. <laughs> but there's a joy that we can have. Hebrews 12:2 tells us how. It says fixing our eyes on Jesus. Let me say it again. Fixing, setting, putting our eyes on Jesus. Who's the pioneer, the author, the perfecter, the finisher of our faith? For the joy that was set before him. He endured the cross For the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. For the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. For the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. For the joy that was not in the moment. For the joy that was set before him. Something else that he could see that was set before him. He endured the affliction he endured the pain but the joy that was said before him he endured the cross scorning its shame and now sits down at the right hand of God you know what the joy said before him was it was your freedom it was your forgiveness it was your peace it was his joy in you in your joy being complete He was wounded for your transgressions. He was bruised for iniquities. The chastisement was put upon him. Now we are free. We're celebrating the joy of that in Christmas, but that is supposed to be something that's 24-7 in us. Galatians talks about it as a fruit of the Spirit, that the Holy Spirit, when he comes into our life, produces love, joy, peace, patience, and the list goes on. But love and joy and peace are are the first things, the primary things that the Holy Spirit is producing in us, but we don't get those by just showing up to church. We don't get those by checking off a box and saying we're a Christian. We get that when we fix our eyes on Jesus. As a parent, you can fix your eyes on Jesus. As a father, you can fix your eyes on Jesus. As a business owner, you can fix your eyes on Jesus. As a student, you can fix your eyes on Jesus. When you don't know what's next, you can fix your eyes on Jesus. For the joy is set before you. See, Jesus shows us his joy was us being free. And now our joy is seeing him for who he really is. There's a lot of of things that we think Jesus is, but who he really is shows up in hard times. You know, you have those friends that always show up when you need them, right? That father, that friend, that cousin, that person who's just there for you. When Jesus shows up in hard times, we not only see who he is, but we really learn who we are. It's hard to see that. It's hard to see that with the natural eye. It's easy to see holiday cups and Christmas music and, and green and red and, and Christmas vibes and manger scenes and the baby Jesus and disciples and, and we got lights and, and Snoopy blow ups and we got all kinds of Christmas. Okay, I can see with the natural eye. I can see the vibe here. But when January comes and that goes down, what do you see? What is your joy grounded in? What is it connected to? Is it gone just like the holiday decorations? Or is this going to be a year where it's something that's more stable in you? And that doesn't get put up in the attic till next year. It stays strong in you. In Isaiah chapter 7, Isaiah prophesies 800 years before the Messiah, 800 years before Jesus is born. He's prophesying about Jesus who will come, prophesying the names of God that will come. People are, are, are torn and they need hope. And God delivers hope through Isaiah through this prophetic declaration of Jesus who is to come. He says in Isaiah 7, therefore the Lord himself will give you A sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. Emmanuel, what does that mean? That name, Emmanuel, means God with us. His name is not, I really hope you have a good good day. His name is not, I really hope your bank account's always where you want it. His name is not, I really hope all your dreams come true. His name is God with us. good times and bad. When the marriage is stressed, when the marriage is going great. When your job is stressed, when the job's going great. When your life is stressed, when your life is going great, God is with us. How do you have joy in this season? By fixing your eyes on Jesus and knowing God is with you. Next, in the the next couple of chapters over in chapter 9 says for unto us a child is born unto us a son is given and the government will be upon his shoulder and his name will be called wonderful counselor mighty God everlasting father prince of peace take note that the names of Jesus were given were prophesied for his eventual birth. And these names describe his character. This is who God is. There's a man named A.W. Tozer. He's a great author and pastor. And he said, what comes into a person's mind when they think about God is the most important thing about them. Let me say that again. What comes into your mind when you think about God is the most important thing about you because you could have all kinds of thoughts about God. And many of them could be wrong. That's why the most important thing is to know God for who he really is. And look how he's described. And look at the names given to him. Emmanuel, God with us. Secondly, wonderful counselor. He's a wonderful counselor. You know, psychology and counseling and you look what's happened over the last 150 years of how that has kind of grown. Jesus was a counselor before counselors, <laughs> and he's wonderful. Where do people get their counsel from? Where do you get your counsel from? Google? YouTube? I think in this day and age, it's, we've got a generation who needs counsel, and they don't know to go to the wonderful counselor. They go to Google and Reddit forums where confusion abounds and opinions abound. But he's a wonderful counselor. Lastly, says he's a mighty God. He's a mighty God. He's a mighty God in our life. Did you ever meet those people, maybe if you grew up in church, or, or maybe you know people like this now who, they're Christians and they're just, there's like happy and then there's like beyond happy type people. <laughs> there's like people who you, know, you would think that they, you know, had seven coffees when they walked out the door before they even get into the building. And then there's people who are happy. And you, you, I met people like this, and I still meet people like this, but I remember growing up, there would be people who would walk in the door, and they're like, hey, today is the day that the Lord has made. I'll rejoice, and I'll be glad in it. How are you doing? Good to see you. Good to see you. And you just kind of think, hang on a second, man. Hang on. I haven't had coffee. Certainly haven't had a taco. Life is, is exhausting. I'm tired. The kids were up late. The dog messed something up. Like, I'm not in that zone yet. But you've met people like that. If you are that person, we pray for you. But there's people like that. And, and all joking aside, there's people who have such a joy in Jesus Christ that that's, that's where they're at. That's where they live. They, they don't live in the zone of their feelings and, and cordon themselves off and box themselves out. No, no, this is how I feel. So this is where I'm going to live. You see, sometimes people get up in the morning and whatever they feel is what they go with for the rest of the day. Whatever they think is what they go with for the rest of the week. Whatever they feel is what they go with about the marriage. Whatever they feel about their marriage is where they go. And that's just where they they exist. Where are you? Well, this is how I feel. This is what's going on. Yeah. Yeah, but where do you want to live? I want to live in joy. Because I've seen this year, anything, anything can be taken from us at any moment. C.S. Lewis said it like this. Happiness cannot exist apart from God because there's no such thing. And if you're still waiting for that next thing, once this happens, if, if once we can get past 2020, yeah? Yeah, but what happens in 2021? Well, if we can just get our, our, our kids past this, if we, can just get a, if we can just get into this job, if we can just get past this debt, if we can just get past this thing in our marriage, yeah, but what's going to hold you? What's going to anchor you? What's going to anchor your marriage? It's got to be more than something that can be lost. He's a mighty God. Psalm 118, this is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Can you know, can you understand that for the rest of your life, when you get up in the morning, Between now and the time you go to be with Jesus, there's never, for the rest of your life, ever going to be a day where you get up and turn on the news, open your phone, and everything is going great. There'll always be bad news. That's kind of depressing, Daniel. Yeah, thank God for Jesus. (laughs) Thank God for hope, not in this world, but for hope in who he is and what his answer is in this world and his answer to us. I can't put my hope in in the world getting better. I can't put my hope in in life getting better apart from Jesus because it may never. I may spend my whole life waiting for the right doors to open and never find joy. I may spend my life waiting for everything to make me happy, and it doesn't come. But I can have joy right now. What I'm saying is you have to see with a lens of expectation in this season. That's why Paul said it's not by sight, but by faith. Because like when those decorations go down, when when life changes, when things hit you, when things shift, what do you see? If all you see is what you see, then that's all you'll have. But if you see beyond, tap into the joy that God has for you seeing that he's with you, seeing that he's the wonderful counselor, seeing that he's the mighty God, then you can say, today is the day that the Lord has made. I will choose to rejoice in it. I will choose by faith to rejoice in this day. Amen. Come on, would you stand with me? I want you to say this with me out loud. Say, today is the day. Come on, let's start over. Let's say it a little loud. Today is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Come on, one more time. Today is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Now close your eyes and say it like you mean it. Today is the day that the Lord has made. I'll rejoice and be glad in it. Come on, now lift your hands and believe God is doing something in you that is beyond happiness, beyond satisfaction, beyond something temporary, and believe that He is establishing joy in you like nothing else. Come on, say, today is the day that the Lord has made. Lord Jesus, I thank you for the joy that can't be shaken out of our life. I thank you for the joy that we find in you. Lord, today we thank you that you are with us. You are the wonderful counselor. You are the mighty God, the everlasting Father. You are the Prince of Peace. Today we fix our eyes on you, Jesus. We reset our sights. Not on what's going on around us, but on who you are. just as I'm praying here I just feel like the Holy Spirit wants me to direct some of you in this this moment right now to reset your marriage on seeing Jesus to reset your marriage on seeing Jesus together not each other's faults not, not where the other's letting down individually take ownership set your sights on Jesus trust him for the work that he needs to do. Lord, I pray for any marriage that's been tested in this year. I pray for marriages that have been shaken. Lord, I thank you that a covenant is stronger than a season. I thank you that you're doing a work of joy in your people today. Just keeping your heads bowed and your eyes closed for a second. We're going to go back into a song here and sing. But with everyone keeping their their head bowed and their eyes closed, I just want to say how many of you would say that that your joy has been tested this year in 2020 like nothing else? Just, Just lift your hands so I can see who I'm speaking to. Your joy has been tested. Your joy has been tested. to pray for the Lord to do a healing work in you right now Yes, Lord. like nothing else I'm going to pray for the Lord to do a healing work Jesus tells us to ask and he sets our expectations on receiving from him so what I'm going to do is I'm going to pray that you would ask God right now with your mouth with your heart for him to reset your joy, for him to reestablish your steps. It doesn't matter if this was self-inflicted. It doesn't matter if this has to do with choices that you made. The Bible says love covers a multitude of sins. There's a reason grace and mercy flows daily, daily, daily. There's a reason the blood flowed from the cross, because forgiveness flows. Come on, just ask him right there in your seat. Say, Lord, you set my joy. Say, Lord Jesus, reset my joy. Set my eyes on things that are above. Set my eyes on you, Lord. Set this marriage on you. Set this business on you. Set this mind on you. Set this spirit on you. Set my confidence in you set my strength in you. Come on, just tell him. He wants to hear your voice this morning. Just tell him. Say, Lord, I can't do this without you. I can't do this anymore without you. I can't settle for temporary happiness. I need the joy of the Lord to be my strength. Lord Jesus, strengthen your people right now by your mighty hand. Lord God, let your spirit fill every single person in this place God let your spirit sweep across this auditorium Lord and let your mighty work be done if you would like the most up to date information about Grace Avenue Church or you are looking for a way to support this ministry please visit us online at graceavenuechurch.com thanks for listening